0: Our sermon this morning is based on Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 10 through 18. And you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Test lest when you have eaten and are full and have built houses and live in them, That your fathers did not know that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. This is the word of our Lord. Was it a common phrase in your house growing up? Or is it a common phrase in your house now? Somebody does something for your children or somebody does something for you as children and what are the words that the parents say? Okay now, say thank you. It was a pretty common occurrence in my house (laughs) when I was a child. And that almost seems like like what we're hearing in Deuteronomy, but it's not quite that. You think of that child who you say, say thank you to, and sometimes it doesn't always go that easily. Sometimes you say, thank, say to that child, say thank you, and they say, I already did. And you say, well, say it again. And then they grumble and they get angry and they say, fine, thank you. And that doesn't really doesn't really convey thanks, does it? But that's not, what, that's not what Moses is talking about here. When he calls the people of Israel to be thankful, that's, that's not how he's doing it. Instead he says, no, be thankful because you have something to be thankful for. Don't look at current circumstances and try to be thankful. Be thankful because you know what has already been done for you. He gives a bit of a warning when he says, When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given. It, it almost says, sounds like Moses is doing the parent say thank you thing. It's almost like he's telling these people, these people that he has been with for years and years and years, and he's been their leader, it's almost like he's now saying, All right, now remember what I've taught you for these last 40 years. It's time for you to actually start saying thank you by yourself but he doesn't leave it there. He doesn't just say, all right, now you go say thank you, amen. That would be a pretty terrible sermon, huh? No, he gives gives them a reason to say thank you. He gives them a reason to say thank you, and he says you need to remember that reason because I know you guys. I've been your leader for a long time, and I have stood by as over and over and over again you have forgotten about God forgotten about God. It almost seems impossible. But then you see some of the times throughout the Israel Old Testament history and you go, yeah, clearly they forgot something. Think about when Moses goes up on Mount Sinai to go grab the Ten Commandments from God and he's gone for just a little bit of time and sure enough, the people of Israel down at the bottom of the mountain forget about God and they start worshiping false idols. Yeah. Moses was aware of that. Moses was aware that that he had, by the hand of God, led these people out of Egypt, out of slavery and oppression and hatred, and had brought them out into the desert free from all of that oppression and slavery. And then within two months, he had to deal with them saying, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt... There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Dissatisfaction comes so quickly. Discontentment comes so quickly when we forget our God. And that's why Moses says, When you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God. It happens so quickly, it happens so quietly, and it happens so easily. Now I know as I look out I'm not looking at a bunch of people that are saying, "Yep, 4 days from now Thanksgiving Day, I am going to sit at my Thanksgiving dinner and be dissatisfied. I am going to be grumpy and I'm going to be ticked off and I am going to make sure everybody in my family knows it." The dissatisfaction the dissatisfaction doesn't always show its face like that. It's a little quieter it's a little more insidious than, than even what we see when, when the Israelites cry out and say, we should have been left in Egypt. You know what happens when we look back on the 364 days that, that come before our Thanksgiving day and we go, that is not how I wanted it to go. That was not my plan. And it becomes so quickly apparent to each and every one of us That our thanks is so often circumstantial, isn't it? When things are going well, my thanks is there. When things are going poorly, I have nothing to be thankful for. If I can go around the table at Thanksgiving and not find one thing to be thankful for, then I guess I don't have a good reason to be thankful. Ours is circumstantial. The way that we feel about God and what he's given to us, that's circumstantial. But that's why Moses calls the people and he calls us today. Don't you dare forget who God is because that changes how you look at thanksgiving. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul writes, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And you might go, there it is again. There's Paul just saying, hey, you gotta be thankful. Why? Because that's what God wants you to do. No, no. No, there's something more there when he says this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus changes the whole game. It moves us out of this place of being thankful just because we're supposed to be. There's a lot of people that are going to approach the Thanksgiving table that way this year. They're going to be thankful just because they're expected to be, just because they live in the the top 1% of the entire world population. They're going to be expected to be thankful, and in some ways they're going to be guilted into being thankful, but that's not how we approach it. We find our thanks in Christ, who doesn't change based on the circumstances. In all circumstances, your Savior gives to you. In all circumstances, your Savior loves you. And in all circumstances, your Savior forgives you. God's goodness, his mercy, his love for you is an essential quality of who he is. So, no matter if we're extraordinarily thankful for, to Him for one thing or incredibly discontented by another thing, God Himself still shows His love and His mercy and His forgiveness to us because that's a part of God that does not change. That's what gives us hope for a, a thankful Thanksgiving. That we can look at, at the physical blessings that He's given to us, we can look at the, the house and the money, and the cars, and the happy family, and the healthy family, or we can look at maybe a little bit of need, maybe an unhealthy family, and some strained relationships. And in those moments, we can still find things to be thankful to God for because we know that that is what God has given to us. And we know the same God that gives us Jesus as our Savior is behind every single blessing that he's poured out on us in our lives. No, there's no guilt in our Thanksgiving this year. Only joy. Joy in a God who who refuses to not give you every good thing that he wants for you. Who sees you. Sees the needs in your life. No, not the wants, but he sees the needs in your life and says, I am going to fill, I am going to meet all of those needs to the degree that you want me to and even beyond that. That's the God that we have that goes before us. Moses reminds the people of that. He says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. God placed that covenant, he placed that batch of promises in the hands of his people. He said, I am going to be your God and when I am your God, that means I love you, that means I forgive you, that means I'm looking out for you and yes, that means I am going to bless you in this life. And we get a really cool, a really cool vision of how God does that here. God does not just zap blessings into our lives. If I go home this afternoon and I go, God, I would really love to have a delicious deep fried turkey this Thursday for Thanksgiving, and then I leave the turkey in the freezer and I don't season it and I don't bring it to the the place where I'm doing Thanksgiving in Virginia, then guess what? I'm not going to have a deep fried turkey on the table. God uses means. These established means of putting people in our lives, of giving us the abilities that we have. Sometimes we, we fall into that weird place of, of not wanting to depend on God at all. I think we have all kind of come into that at, at, at one point or another in our lives where, where we would just like to do it ourselves. And there's something really beautiful about you looking at your family or your community or your job and looking at it and saying, I've got to do this right. I want to do my absolute best in this situation. But sometimes that that does turn into pride, doesn't it? And sometimes when it feels like the weight of the world is hanging on our shoulders in those situations, when it's all on me to provide for my family, when it's all on me to make sure that my family has the blessings that it needs... Then in those moments when, when your family is blessed, who are you going to go to? Will you go to God with thanksgiving in your hearts? Or are we going to pound our chest in pride? No, that's why God says, take a look at the means by which I give my blessings to you. As I give them to you by giving you the ability to wake up and go to work. I think there are a lot of blessings that we take for granted. We we allow our feet to hit the floor, and and God has already blessed us with allowing our eyes to wake up, allowing our heart to continue beating at a quicker pace, to allow breath into our lungs. Three, Three blessings right out of the gates that we've already missed. But that's what God wants for us. To see his blessings in everything that we encounter in our lives. To not miss a single one. But then in those moments when we do miss them, in those moments where we take them for granted, in the moments when we are just downright selfish, God says, I am going to fix the problem. How? Not by taking things away from you, but by giving my son to save you. No strings attached. Think about that. In the face of selfish sin, God decides to give even more. That's love. Not waiting for the other party to do their part. That's the essence of who God is. A God who personally meets your needs in this life. I kind of thought of it uh, as I was watching a couple football games this weekend. You've got uh, those mascots that, that bring out those big old t-shirt cannons, and they just launch t-shirts into the stands. And I think sometimes that's we, how we see the way that God blesses us. Is It almost feels as if God just kind of launches blessings out into the world, and whoever can grab them as fast as they possibly can, that's the person that winds up the most blessed. That's not how he does it. He looks you in the eye. He sees everything in your past. And because he's God, he sees everything in your future and says, this is what I have for you. These are the gifts. These are the blessings. These are the things that I'm going to give to you because you are my child in Christ. And that's what a father does for his children. That's a God we can be thankful for. A God that knows our needs before we even know them ourselves. It was interesting. I was reading an article. It was in the Forward in Christ. There's there's copies of the magazine out on the the podium out, out in the Welcome Center. It was this article that was about thanking God for all of the no's in our life. All of those times when we prayed to him and said, God, here is my laundry list of 19 things that I need this week, and I would like every single one of them done by Tuesday it was an article that that was talking about what a blessed thing it is that God is willing to say no to his people. To say, no, 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 no. You don't know what's best for you. I know what's best for you. And I'm going to give to you what I know to be best for you. So I suppose that's another thing that we we could go around the Thanksgiving table today and we could thank God for the no's for those times in which we wanted to be uplifted, but instead God said, no, I want you to stay low so that you can find yourself becoming more and more dependent on Jesus. Brothers and sisters, you might have a lot to thank God for this year. Or maybe you're in a circumstance with family members or financial situations where it just feels like there's not that much to thank God for. So look back. Don't look at the circumstances that that are around you right now. Instead, look back and see how God has brought you close to himself in baptism. See how God has saved you spiritually. And then know that along with that spiritual salvation comes every single type of physical blessing that God wants for you. When we look back, when we see the way that God has blessed us in the past, it shapes how we see the way that God blesses us today and in our future. So look back and see your God's blessings for you in Christ and know that he's not going to stop. Amen.